Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Daniel Willett. All right. Wow. God is so good. He is so, so good. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to move this right here. Yeah, what an awesome time. Man, I just I feel like the Father's pleasure just over his children. I'm just like, I didn't know what to expect today. You know, a lot of churches are canceling. I didn't know. I was like, well, if we got 15, 20 people, we're going to have church, and it's going to be awesome. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm just proud of you guys. You know, I, I know some people, you know, are taking extra precaution, and that's fine, you know, but I'm, I'm just proud of all you guys. And God is good. Um, you know, no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Amen. Amen. So it's not something we have to fear. We have God's promises, and uh, we can rejoice. And I just felt like the Father just rejoicing over us, just loving on us this morning. So let's, let's laugh for a minute. So let's go ahead and get your laughers warmed up. So say this with me. Ha, ha, ha. He, he, he. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Are they warmed up enough? Maybe we need to do it again. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> he, he, he. Ho, ho, ho. We need to laugh. This is a time when, when Christians can rejoice. Amen. Paul and Silas, they're strapped to a, a prison wall in probably the worst medieval-type dungeon you've ever imagined, and they're singing, and they're rejoicing, and, and, they're, and it was real. It wasn't like, well, let's just try to conjure something up. It was just they had joy in their hearts. Amen. So we can laugh during this time, and, and we have the joy of the Lord. So I have a few, few uh, things for you. So one of the kids at church swallowed some coins and was taken to the hospital. So I called his mom and asked him how he was, and she said, no change yet. <laughs> we had a, de- a couple delayed reactions. <laughs> no change yet. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> okay, I, l- I like this one. I, gotta, I get a kick out of these. A man walks into a bakery carrying a trout under his arm. A trout, fish. He asks the shopkeep- shopkeeper, do you sell fish cakes? The shopkeeper replies, no, we're a bakery. The man says, that's a shame. It's his birthday. <laughs> he has some awes. <laughs> Do you sell fish cakes? <laughs> no. Well, it's a shame. It's his birthday. <laughs> All right, I got one more for you. <laughs> See, I got you. I got one more. I took a poll recently. 100% of the people in the tent got very upset with me. <laughs> Come on. I, I just... Oh. <laughs> oh man. All right. So I got some I got some testimonies for you. Um man, we really uh I'll just tell you the last 4 weeks of our church have been some of the most amazing services and we've had some of the greatest testimonies that we've ever seen in the history of our church in the last 4 weeks of our church. And so I want to share just a couple of these testimonies. I'm going to have Ken, I'm going to have you share in a second. But um, one thing I just wanted to share that we're excited about is our testimony wall is up for you to look over there. Yeah. And uh, that's just newsflash. That's going to get filled really quickly. So get ready for the expansion, Neil. But yeah, again, thank you, Neil. Neil put that up yesterday. He did that for us. Thank you, Neil. We appreciate you. And uh, yeah, give Neil a hand. Our testimony wall is up, and, and you know, our idea, we've been talking about it, but we, we want to be surrounded by the testimony of the Lord. 
So in this house, we're literally going to be surrounded with the testimony of the Lord. That wall's going to fill up real quick. That's too small. It's going to get a lot bigger. <laughs> and uh, we just want to rejoice and celebrate the testimony. Your testimony is so important, especially right now. When, when uh, the world has their focus on the negative, we want to have our focus on the testimony of what God's done in our life. So Ken, why don't you come up? I want you to share that testimony uh, of the little girl in FPU. My wife told me to keep this short, so I'll do my best. Um, Neil and Dakota are, like I said, they're leading the FPU, the Financial Peace University class here that we have, and actually tonight is the last night. Well, the very first night that we actually had the class, this family came in. It was a grandma and grandpa, a son, and then another daughter and son, and they had a little bitty um, stroller. Well, in the stroller was this little baby baby Blake. She was born three months premature. She weighed two pounds and 11 ounces, and she was struggling. Now, at this point in time, this is the end of January, I think, when this class started, I believe it was, something like that. But anyhow, um, at the end of the class, Dakota was back there talking with them, and she said, um, can we get together and pray for the little girl? This little girl didn't look good. I mean, she was very limp, very non-responsive. And so we went around the family, and we prayed for the little girl. And God put it on my heart to pray for the family, to put peace and comfort in there, because they were pretty stressed out. At that point in time, the little girl had had five surgeries, two in the brain for stents, lungs, stomach. I mean, this little girl had went through it. Well, immediately after we prayed for them, within an hour, they were in the emergency room. And they told us, they said, the doctors don't know what's going on. They can't figure it out. Well, within an hour, they were in the emergency room. She had surgery. This little baby had kidney stones. She got kidney stones from the medication that they gave her because she was a preemie. That's one of the complications that you can get from it. So anyhow, the next week, they brought her back. And Neil, you want to put the picture up? That's her. That is little baby Blake. And you ought to see her now. When we have class on Sunday evening, the family continues to apologize because of the noise she's making. And it's like, we're good with that. So God is still in the healing business. That's the moral of this whole story. It wasn't us. It was him who healed her, helped the doctors, but there she is. And you ought to see her. When she comes in tonight, she'll be smiling. She's happy. She's a growing little girl, and she's going to be one-year-old this coming Wednesday. God bless. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And then uh, I wanted to share, oh, I left it down here. Excuse me. I'll come get the testimony. I wanted to share uh, a testimony of a lady in our church. Uh, Karen gave this to us, and I just wanted to share this this morning. But this was last week. Um, yeah, okay, Will's not here this morning. But... Um, in, uh, so let me just read it. It was the email. 
So uh, she sent this to Diane, Karen did. She said, hi, Diane. Hi, Diane. Thanks for offering to share these testimonies. If you feel led, I especially wanted to encourage the worship team. I'm so grateful for their dedication and sacrifice. The first one involves uh, the little girl. So I don't know if you guys remember last week, the little girl who was twirling up front. I'd say probably eight times in the last couple years, I've received a word from people who envisioned me twirling like a little girl, full of joy and wonder before the Lord. It's a fun image, but during Worship Sunday, this was last Sunday, was the first time I ever envisioned the Lord in that picture. It was when the little girl's father was standing over her and so full of joy, waving the flags over her as she twirled. I got hit with the revelation of how much the Lord delights in me, delighting in him. That, uh, that he's having as much fun as I am. And P.S., how amazing just to have a human man up there freely worshiping with his daughter. Amen. So that was just last week. So yeah, give the Lord a hand clap. Wow, thank you, Jesus. And I have another one. This one's so, so good, so awesome. They're all good. But uh, so last week, we did some prophetic exercises. And uh, there was a word of knowledge that was called out for, for backs and elbows. And so some people were getting healing in the service, getting healed of, of uh, elbow things and back things. How many people got healed either back or elbow last week? One... Yeah, I know there's more. I think some some not here. Ember's not here today. Two. Yeah, so we got two, three. And I know some people that got healed are not here today. So, but uh, Giselle, which is right here, this beautiful woman in the front row, she was actually in Children's last week. So when we called out the word of knowledge for elbows, and she had hurt her elbow on Friday of last week, and she had swelling and pain, and she went home, and she's like, she didn't hear the message. She wasn't in here. She's like, well, I think my elbow's better. And then she had watched the message. We recorded a message on Facebook, and she watched the message, and she was like, oh, my goodness. The Lord healed my elbow back there. I didn't even know that there was a word of knowledge being called out, and she was healed. She texted Ember, and she's like, I'm completely healed. My, all the swelling's gone. All the pain's gone. Amen. <laughs> So I want to encourage you, if you're volunteering with the children, don't be afraid you're going to miss it. God will come get you. He will find you. Amen? Yeah, that's so good. Didn't even know, but, you know, God went and got her anyway. So that's awesome testimony. Thank you, Giselle, for sharing that. And we're just so happy that you got touched from the Lord. All right. So we're going to be um, in Luke chapter 12 this morning. Luke 12, we're going to read a few verses out of Luke 12. If you're doing a digital version, I'm in the NASB, NASBA. And uh, Luke 12, we're going to read, we're going to start in verse 22. Luke 12, 22. And this is Jesus, our Savior, speaking. This is the words of our Savior over us today. Luke 12, 22. He said to his disciples, for this reason I say to you, do not worry about your life as to what you will eat, nor for your body as to what you will put on, for life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap. They have no storeroom nor barn, and yet God feeds them. How much more valuable you are than the birds, and which of you by worrying can add a single hour to his lifespan? If then you cannot do even a very little thing, I love that. You, you can't even do a very little thing. We're relying on, on God's protection. Why do you worry about 
other matters. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, but I tell you, not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you, you men of little faith? And do not seek what you will eat and what you will drink, and do not keep worrying. For all, of, for all these things the nations of the world eagerly seek, but your Father knows that you need these things. But seek first his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. The title of the message today is, Don't Worry, Little Flock. Don't worry, little flock. Father, I just pray that you are just impacting our hearts this morning with your truth, with your goodness, with your courage, with your strength. And we just pray, God, that you are giving us heavenly perspective. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So a lot of people in the world right now are afraid. There's a lot of fear that's happening right now. And we, we see it. Somehow it's manifested into Stockpiling toilet paper. <laughs> so, which, man, I'll, I'll share this just real quick. This is so funny. So, my, <clears throat> my sister-in-law, a month ago, so we just had a baby two, two months ago, and she wanted to do something nice for us, for the baby, and so she was trying to figure out what to do, and she always gets really nice gifts for us, and um, she was trying to figure out what to do, and she said she woke up one morning, okay, no religious spirits allowed, okay, during this. <laughs> she woke up one morning thinking about our family's butts. That's what she said, okay? She's like, I woke up this morning thinking about your butts, and I'm, I have an idea of what, what <laughs> the present that I'm going to send to you, okay? So now, so we don't know what that means. We're like, okay, this is, this is interesting. We start getting a week later, huge box, in front of our door as we're coming back up, okay? Two huge boxes. We bring it in and open it up, and it's full of toilet paper. <laughs> one box is full of toilet paper, like huge box, and then one is full of baby wipes. So we just had a baby, and we thought, oh my gosh, that's like crazy. And then next day, three more big boxes, more toilet paper, more baby wipes. <laughs> so we are like so overloaded on toilet paper like, Joy took pictures, and we're, like, we have shelves, like, uh, just completely full. Every bathroom's completely full. <laughs> and, wow, I, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> it, it just hit me, like, a couple of days ago. I was like, oh, my goodness, that was, like, prophetic. She didn't realize it, but it was prophetic. We would have been one of those people with a family of seven that were out of toilet paper. And instead, we're, like, toilet paper coming out of our ears right now. We just gave some away today. <laughs> Yeah, so, man, God is good. Yeah, I was going to say, I forget what I was going to say, but anyway, <laughs> that's a testimony that you don't share probably with a lot of people, but, but I, I texted her yesterday, and I said, Helen, when you, uh, when you ordered all that toilet paper, I think you started a chain reaction. So there's a lot of people that are afraid right now, and I, honestly, the biggest problem right now in the world is fear. The biggest problem in the world is not a virus, it's fear. It's like what's causing issues and people not being able to get some things that they need, it's caused from fear. So God is calling us to live a life free of fear. 
free of fear and free of anxiety. And, and I used to struggle with, with uh, intimidation. I used to struggle with fear. A lot of you know, like, I used to be terrified to speak in front of people. I've shared that testimony. I was literally, like, I used to look at our pastor, our old pastor, and I'd be like, if, if he ever asked me to speak up there, I would just, I would just throw up. I, can't, I couldn't do it, right? That's, that's how I used to feel. And I won't share the whole testimony today, but overnight, um, fear left me. Overnight, fear left me, and, and I was like, I'm ready to speak now. I was like, and I just, I just felt like, wow, my whole life changed in that one moment. And it's a longer testimony, but that's the short version. So we don't have to be afraid. And during this season when God was delivering me from fear, one of the things he spoke to me is he said, Daniel, you don't ever have to live with any fear of any kind ever. And that, when I first heard that from the Lord, it was a radical thing that I was like, is that real? Is that true? Because, I mean, you're, you're always going to have some kind of fear, right? That's what I was thinking at the time. I'm like, and I had so much fear in my life before, you know, I got delivered of it. I was like, that doesn't even seem real because, you know, fear was such a, a, a thing I'd partnered with. But it's absolutely true. We don't have to live with any fear of any kind ever. And that story I shared this morning, when the Lord encountered me with his love, it's like that's one of the manifestations of that love encounter was every fear and every worry and every concern was like so far from me. And I was just so surrounded in love. The Bible says perfect love casts out fear. Amen. So there's a place that we can be in the Lord where we really don't fear anything ever. No matter what's happening, you know, some people will call it wisdom to fear. It's never wisdom to fear. It's never wisdom to fear. It can be wisdom to prepare. It can be wisdom to, to uh, be ready for things, but fear is never the answer. Amen? Fear is never a thing that we have to let in. The Bible says that fear comes from the enemy. God says, I've not given you that. I've not given you a spirit of fear. I've given you a spirit of power, a spirit of love a spirit of sound mind. So we don't have to be afraid. Fear is never the answer. Pray, yes. Use wisdom, yes. But you don't have to fear. So what would happen in our world if there was no fear over this virus? Well, we wouldn't have a toilet paper shortage. <laughs> we wouldn't have any food shortage. So what's the fear? Why are people stocking up on things right now? What's, what's the fear? What's, what, what's really at the core of it? And here, here's what's at the core of it. I'm not going to have what I need. I'm not going to have what I need. Now, we just read the words of our Savior telling us that we're always going to have what we need. We're always going to have what we need, not because of us stockpiling things, but because God takes care of us. Miraculously, if, if he has to, he will take care of you. Miraculously, he will get your sister-in-law to send you stockpiles of toilet paper. <laughs> he will take care of you. So we don't have to be afraid. Psalm 37, this is what David says. Psalm 37, 25, he wrote this more towards the end of his life. He says, I was young, and now I'm old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. Imagine the time he lived in. There was a lot of crazy things happening. He's like, wow, I just realized I've never seen the righteous begging bread forsaken or begging bread or their children needing, needing something. God's always provided for them. And then that same passage, Psalm 37, verses 39 and 40 says this, the salvation of the righteous comes from the Lord. He is their stronghold in the time of trouble. 
The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. Notice how we're saved, how we're protected. It's not to do with our own efforts or stockpiling. It's because we take refuge in him. He's protecting us. He's providing for us. Amen? The salvation of the, fright, or of the righteous comes from the Lord. Comes straight from the Lord. Amen? So what would your life look like if you were completely free of fear? If you just had no fear of any kind at, at any time, if you were just completely free of fear. I remember, I'll share another story. I went through, this is, you know, I won't go into, I'll go to give you another short version, but I went through this time where I had six months of, uh, I had to, to have tests, and they, I did this scan, and they saw something they thought in my kidneys, and literally six months of do this test. Well, we still don't know. Now do this test. And it'd be like, it was the craziest thing. It'd be like, do the test, and I'd wait three weeks to hear a result. Like two and three weeks, like, you know, sometimes you're supposed to get a result, like three or four days, two and three weeks to get a result. And then after three weeks, I'd be like, we're not sure. We want you to do this test. This went on for six months, okay? And I remember um, I, I was a little bit claustrophobic at the time, and I was like, I do not want to do an MRI. I do not want to be in that, that tube. And that was one of the ones that was coming. They're like, did all these other things, CT scans. Finally, they're like, we're going we're gonna to have you do an MRI, so I was like, oh, okay, Lord. I had a lot of fear about it, to be honest. And I went to that appointment, and I just sat outside the place, and um, I just prayed. And I just said, Lord, you know, I'm, you know I'm afraid of this. And I said, but I'm just asking you to be with me. I kid you not, and it wasn't a super spiritual prayer. I went into that appointment with such peace, and I went into that tube where you're like right here. The thing is like right here, and I could have fallen asleep supernaturally, I was at such peace, and it was 45 minutes of this thing, and I was at such peace, I could have fallen asleep. What would it look like if you didn't have fear in your life of any kind? Fear is never the answer. It's never from the Lord, and you can live a life completely free of fear. So the world is, is watching believers right now. Believe it or not, the world is watching us right now. They're watching to see how we're going to react. Anytime like this, like, God's really amazing. Like, anytime that we go through like this where the world's kind of in fear or questioning, they're always looking to believers more than we realize. Like, watch the church's reaction. I know, I know that I, f I felt led to do that video I did on, on um, Friday because I was like, I felt like the Lord was like, what is our reaction? Let's, let's just talk about it. And this was our reaction. We stand in faith. We stand in faith. So the world's looking at us right now like, what's your reaction? Are they panicking? A lot of people, I just prophesy this over you, are going to come to the Lord through this whole experience. They're going to come to the Lord. God uses these times to bring people to him and to strengthen the faith of believers. God's going to bring us through this and deliver each one of us through this, and it's going to strengthen your faith. You can be like, man, this is the 10th end of the world I've been through, and I'm still good. You start to gain some, some faith and some courage and be like, wow, God's really protecting me. He's really there for me. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Somebody quoted Levi Hug. How many love Levi? You guys, yeah, a lot of us love Levi. He's, he comes. He's been here four or five times, and we're going to get him back this year sometime. But somebody quoted him this week. He was in a, a meeting overseas somewhere, and uh, this was the quote. <clears throat> 
We can live a disease-threatening life. Let that sink in for a second. He says, we can live, believers can live a disease-threatening life. Let me tell you something this morning. You don't have to be threatened by a virus. You are a threat to this virus. You are living, uh, the life of a believer is the life of, you are actually a threat to the coronavirus. You have the authority to actually see this thing dissipate in, your, in our community, in our country. You have the authority to actually see people healed from this thing. This thing should be more threatened of us than we're threatened of it. Amen? You can live a disease-threatening life. You're a threat to the coronavirus. Wake up and declare it in the morning. Wake up, Isaiah 54, 7. We sang it, 54, 17. We sang it this morning. No weapon formed against me can prosper. Wake up with that on your, on your brain, on your mind, on your heart. It'll change your whole day when you just wake up with God's perspective. No weapon formed against me will prosper. No weapon formed against my children can prosper. No weapon formed against my church can prosper. No weapon formed against my city can prosper. Step into faith. Begin to declare what God says. I don't care what's going on. I don't care what the numbers are. I'm going to choose to agree with God over what the news media says, over what the stats say. Amen? Choose to agree with God and align yourself with him. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 91, this is another great one to declare. No pestilence, it says. No pestilence will come near you. This, I would consider this a pestilence. No pestilence will come near you. No harm can come near your dwelling. So wake up with that in your mind. Psalm 91, 9 and 7. God, you said no pestilence will come near me. No harm would come near my family. Or, and it cannot touch my dwelling or come into my tent. Psalm 91, the whole one is a great one to, to stand on right now and to declare over yourself and over all those areas, your family, your city, your church. Change your perspective on what's happening right now. Change your perspective. So we're going to change our perspective from I'm afraid of something happening to I'm actually a threat to what the enemy is trying to do. I have authority over this thing. My prayers are powerful. James 5.16 says the effective, fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much. So let's change our perspective to this thing is not a threat to me. I'm a threat to it. And that's what we did this morning when we, we came together in prayer and we began to declare things. You are a threat to the coronavirus. Change your perspective. Jesus said in that passage we just read, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. So not only does God want you to live free of fear, there's a level above that. The level above that is he wants you to actually expect the kingdom to show up in your life. He wants to give us the kingdom. Romans 14, 17 says this, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So he wants to take us out of fear and anxiety and stress, and he wants to take us into the next step, which is actually believing that it's the, the Father has chosen gladly to give us the kingdom. Don't you love that? He's chosen gladly. Do not fear, little flock, 
For the Father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. It's his pleasure, some translations say. It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. What's the kingdom? According to the Bible, it's righteousness, peace, and joy. So I want to declare to you that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The world is looking for answers, and the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, what did Jesus mean? Jesus said this in the Bible, and John the Baptist said this. They said this, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What did they mean by that? Because we have people that stand on the street corners, God bless them, we pray for them, and hold up signs, and they're saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And the message that they're saying is, get right with God, change your evil ways, or you're in trouble. And this is the message that they're delivering. What was John saying? Can I tell you that when John said this and when Jesus said this, people were really encouraged? If you understand what what he actually was saying, people were encouraged. So this is what they were saying. As we know, we've talked about repentance a lot. Repentance means, somebody say it. Change your mind. means change your mind. So think about the time period. John, what was John's primary purpose? To declare the way of the Lord. To make way for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? What was Jesus doing? He was coming and fulfilling one covenant and bringing another covenant. So they both said this. Repent. Change your mind. You have to start thinking a little differently because we're leaving one way, we're leaving one covenant, and we're coming into something different. But you have to change your mind to get it. If you don't change your mind, you're going to miss it. Change your mind because the kingdom of heaven, it's within your grasp. If something is at hand, it's within reach. If a tool is at hand, that means I can grab it. Change your mind because the kingdom of heaven, righteousness, peace, and joy, it's right in front of you. And this was radical because, remember, they didn't didn't think they could approach God like this, and they couldn't in that old covenant. They had to go through to the priest, and the priest would go to the Lord, right? But he's like, you have to change your mind because we're going into a new thing. And if you can change your mind, if you can see it, the kingdom of heaven, everything you want, righteousness, peace, and joy, it's right here. It's right in front of you. See how that's such a different message than what some people take it to mean? People were encouraged. There's a reason people chase Jesus around. They're like, wow, that's the most encouraging thing I've ever heard. If I can just change my mind and think differently, I can, I can get the kingdom. The kingdom has seemed so far away from me. The kingdom of heaven is at hand right now. And God wants to give you righteousness, peace, and joy. So I'm going to talk about those three things, righteousness, peace, and joy. So let's start with righteousness. In Psalm 27, David said this, he leads me in paths of righteousness. Righteousness is not something that you attain. Righteousness is something that you're being led into. Amen? God showed me that this week. It's like, even in the old covenant, he's like, He leads me into righteousness. I'm not leading myself or trying to get into righteousness. He's actually leading me into the path of righteousness. Matthew 6.33, we just read this same same thing that Jesus said, but we read it in Luke. But Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Whose righteousness are we seeking? His righteousness. I'm not relying on my righteousness. Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. That's why we need his righteousness. 
That's why he freely gave us his righteousness. You realize this is the only way that God could restore us completely to the Father, that we don't have to rely on our self-righteousness. If we have to rely on our self-righteousness, we're never cutting it. On our best day, we're not cutting it. That's why what Jesus did was such a miracle. He's like, I'm going to impart to you all of my righteousness. It's 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, Jesus, who knew no sin, he never knew sin. He became sin for you on your behalf so that you could become righteous. And when what Jesus did was this exchange. When you said yes to Jesus, when you gave your heart to him, he exchanged all your sin, all your darkness for all of his righteousness. And you are now in Christ, the one who never sinned. The one who never sinned, you're inside Christ. You're in Christ. The Bible says it over and over and over in the New Testament. You're in him. You're in Christ. That's why you can boldly approach the throne of grace. If we're relying on our self-righteousness, man, I can't boldly approach the throne of grace. I don't cut the mustard if I'm relying on self-righteousness. When I realize I'm righteous in Christ, I can boldly approach the throne of grace. I can boldly step out and pray for people. I can boldly declare that no weapon formed against me will prosper. If I think I'm, I'm, I'm relying on my righteousness, I'll hear this voice, hey, uh, can you really declare that? Because you did that two weeks ago. You had a little argument with that person. You might have sinned a little bit there. I don't, I don't think you can declare that. So that's, that's a trap of the enemy is he gets us to believe we're not actually righteous when Jesus says, you are righteous. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Not only are you righteous, you're good. Do you know that you're good? God created everything, and he said, this is good. He calls you good. He calls you righteous. So it's not spiritual to say, I'm not good, I'm no good, and I'm not righteous. It's a lack of understanding of the truth. You are good. You are righteous. God said you're good. Amen. That could ruffle some religious feathers, but it's the truth. The truth will set you free. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Whose righteousness are you? His. You're in him, Jesus Christ, the one who never sinned. In Ephesians chapter 6, God showed me this this week too. I think it's really good. So hopefully you think it's good. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6 talks about the armor of God. And it talks about the breastplate of righteousness. What does the breastplate of righteousness cover? Your heart. Thank you. It covers your heart. Where does the enemy attack you when you don't understand you're righteous? Your heart. He says... You're not righteous. You should be ashamed. You should feel guilty. But God says, I've given you my righteousness to protect your heart from condemnation, from accusation, from shame. You're wearing my righteousness. You're wearing the righteousness of God. The prodigal son, he did everything wrong. We would agree. And he comes home to the father. And what does the father do? He wraps him with his own robe. It's a picture of God wrapping you in righteousness. Wrapping you with, the Bible says you're wrapped in the robe of righteousness. You are wrapped in righteousness. So God is, is taking us out of fear and he's taking us into actually expecting during this time and any time, expecting the kingdom of heaven to show up. The kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you're questioning whether you're righteous or not, you'll disqualify yourselves from God's blessings and promises. 
Let me give you a few. Psalm 34, 19. Now, when I started to understand that I was righteous and that I didn't have to attain righteousness and I, instead righteousness was a gift given to me, I started to get really excited when I seen these scriptures. Psalm 34, 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. You all qualify for that. If you've, if you've accepted Jesus Christ, you qualify. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, you can do that today and you'll qualify. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Here's another one. This is so good. This is so time appropriate. Psalm 112, 6 and 7. For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. Woo! He is not afraid of bad news. I'm not checking to see what the bad news is. I'm not afraid of the bad news, even when I get the news and it's okay to, to know what's happening, but I'm not afraid of bad news. My heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. My trust is not in what's happening. My trust is in the Lord. Such a good one. That, you qualify for that, by the way. You're righteous. Just say, I receive. When I read these, you can just say, I, I, that's mine. I take it. Proverbs 4.18, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter and brighter until the full day. I got one. I'll take it. Somebody say, I'll take it. It's mine. That's for you. Your life is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter. That's a prophetic promise that I can just confidently give you right now because that's God's word. Your life's getting brighter. It's getting better. God is using every situation. He's using this thing that's happening in the world right now to make you brighter. Amen? Here's another good one. What the wicked fears will come upon him, but the desire of the righteous will be granted. That's good. By the way, it doesn't say what the righteous fears will come upon him. It says what the wicked fears will come upon him. You are righteous. It says the desire of the righteous will be granted. Proverbs 28.1, the wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. And that's time appropriate, isn't it? The wicked stock up on toilet paper, though there's no, no real imminent threat. But the righteous are bold to say, I don't need to stock up on toilet paper. <laughs> if you've stocked on, to on toilet paper, I'm just, I'm just, just stay with me, please. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we've done that before. We've been, we've been through, like I said, this is the 10th end of the world we've been through. And I remember, man, I remember the fear. And I remember, like, well, we got to get water. And we're just stocking up on stuff. But we don't have to live like that. Use wisdom. If the Lord's showing you to do something, do something. But we don't do it out of reaction to fear. And that's what we, we're seeing a lot of monkeys see monkey do right now. Why are people stocking up on toilet paper? Because a few people did it, and then everybody else is like, well, I need to do it too. And then there's a whole another group of people that are like, well, I want to get some because I don't want to be without it, <laughs> which makes sense, right? James 5.16, here's another one to grab onto. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It's a good one. I start my prayer time with that because I want to remind myself my prayer time or my prayers are powerful. They avail much. They hit heaven. They change things. They change my atmosphere. They change my family. They change me. Amen? They change my city. So if you're a believer, these promises are all for you. They're all for you. 
Fear not, little flock, for it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy. Talk, let's talk about peace. Isaiah 26.3 says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you. Keep your mind on him, especially right now. Turn off the news. Keep your mind on him. If you're getting two and three hours of news coverage every day and you're getting 10 minutes of prayer, you're going to be filled with anxiety. You're going to be filled with anxiety. You need to flip that. Let, let's, get, let's get 10 minutes and just see, okay, this is, this is what the facts are. This is what's happening. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend an hour in prayer. I'm going to spend my day focusing on the Lord and actually declaring what he's saying over the situation. And then you'll be full of hope. Keep your mind on him. You keep him in perfect peace. whose mind is stayed on you. I declare over you, you can have perfect peace throughout this whole thing, no matter what happens. Your peace will be a direct result of where you're putting your focus. Amen? Don't believe it? Romans 8, 6 says, says as much. For the mindset in the flesh is death, but the mindset in the spirit is life and peace. The mindset in the flesh, it's death, it's fear, it's worry, it's anxiety. But the mindset in the spirit is life and peace. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you'll abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. How many want to abound in hope? Anybody? Got a couple. Amen. How many want to abound in hope? What's the key? Believing. That scripture just gave us the key. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Believe. Just believe. Believe what God says over what the world is saying. And you'll never be short of hope. Believe Romans 8.28. God, you're taking the situation. You're working it to my good and for the good of the body of Christ and for the good of my family. You'll always be filled with hope. So God, he'll, he'll speak to you all the time if you're, if you're paying attention. And he speaks to us all in different ways. But I was taking my daughter to her piano lesson the other day. And um, it was raining. It's rained a lot this week. I've been loving it. And uh, I'm taking her to the piano lesson, and I see this girl walking down the street. She's probably 13 or 14, and it's raining pretty hard at the time. And she's holding an umbrella in front of her, twirling it. And, I, and these words came out of my mouth. I was like, wow, she has an umbrella, but she's not using it. And the Lord started to speak to me. So when you have your focus on what God is saying... When you have your focus on his words over you, you're, having, you're taking that umbrella. Because do you know that we all carry peace? Do you guys get that? You actually have Christ inside of you, and he's the prince of, amen? You have the Father. Jesus said you're one with the Father. He's one with you. His name is Jehovah Shalom. It means peace. It means protection. It means provision. So when you're in that reality and you are appropriating the peace of the Lord and you're declaring what he says and you're focusing on him, you're taking that umbrella and you're putting it over your head and you won't get rained on. But a lot of us have that umbrella. We have it. We have peace. Like God's given it all to us, but we haven't twirled in front of us and we're getting rained on by everything that the world is saying, what's happening. 
what the world's declaring. So the moment you step into, into faith and you start to believe what God says and you have your mindset in him, you're putting that umbrella where it needs to be over your head. Yeah, the Lord, I just saw that. And I said, she has an umbrella, but she's not using it. The Lord said, that's what the church is doing right now if, if they're not standing in what I've said. They're just twirling their peace in front of them instead of believing what I'm saying and putting it over their head. Fear not, little flock. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Righteousness, peace, and joy. I want to talk about joy. In January 1st, well, I just have to tell you, I'm not a morning person. You're forced, when you have five kids, you're forced to be a morning person. You're like, okay, well, I am a morning person, I guess. I'm changing my status so I can survive. But so I, so I usually wake up, and I have a, I have a routine I do. I, I get up and you know, use the restroom, and then I go to the sink, and I'm just splashing water in my face. And for like, you know, about 15, 20 seconds, just more water. <laughs> and I'm starting to wake up, and, and, you know, then I go, and I start to make my coffee. And, and uh, so I don't wake up full of joy ever, like, you know. But on January 1st, 2017, I woke up flooded with joy. And I knew it was prophetic. And it was January 1st, first day of the year. And I woke up and I was flooded with joy. I was like fully awake, fully alert, and I was just joyful, like bursting with joy. And I was like, I knew it was prophetic. I knew the Lord was saying like, I'm bringing joy into your life in a greater measure and, and in this year specifically. Well, that year, Levi Hug came for the first time later, a few months later, like March or April. And he brought this message of joy and actually changed our church culture. It actually changed our church culture. If you wonder why I talk about him so much, it's because he's impacted our, our church and our church culture so much. And he brought this message of joy, and we started to see it manifest in, in our people. And, and we've, I've, I would say we've had increasing joy in our church every year since that moment. Like 2018, we had more than we did in, in 17. In 19, more than we did the previous years. And this year is going to be even greater. Greater levels of joy. So Nehemiah 8.10 says, The joy of the Lord is our strength. Okay, again, whose joy is our strength? The joy of the Lord is our strength. So it's the same thing as righteousness. I'm not relying on my righteousness. I'm relying on the righteousness of God. Same thing here. I'm not relying on my joy or to work something up. I'm actually tapping into the joy of the Lord, and that's my strength. So we honor joy around here. It's something that's important to us. We started realizing joy is a third of the kingdom. And you know, Diane Box, she actually spoke an awesome message on joy earlier this year. Go, go and check that out. It's on our podcast. I think it was, in, uh, it was in January. So I went and listened to it yesterday. I was like, I need a refresher on joy. And it was really good. So in the story... Of the prodigal son, the father welcomes his son back, and, and he welcomed him. This is what hit me one time when I was meditating on that story. So he welcomed him back, and we know the story. He wraps the robe of righteousness around him, and he puts the shoes on his feet, and he puts the ring on his finger. The ring was like the signet ring. It's like the family credit card. Imagine giving the family credit card to someone that just did what he did. He just wasted his inheritance, and, and the father says, here's the family credit card, son. Doesn't make sense to us. But that's, that's what we get when we come to the Father. He gives us everything. He doesn't hold back. But what hit me in that story was, after he does all this to him, like, by the way, that day he got hit. Like, he wasn't expecting that. 
He was like, maybe I'll just become a servant. The father runs to him. He's just like, he's just probably beside himself like, I'm overwhelmed. This is, this is too good. Like, I'm just getting so blessed. And his father welcomes him into the joy of celebration. So not only does he shower him with all these things, but he says, I have, I'm throwing a party in your honor. And it's a picture of God welcoming us into the joy of our salvation. Welcoming us into the joy of our salvation. Such a beautiful picture. And he welcomed him into the joy of celebration. It was a party. Do you know God likes parties? So joy is the ability to carry greater loads. Your amount of hope and joy will be directly related to your load-bearing capacity. Let me say that again because it's important. Your amount of hope and joy will be directly related to your load-bearing capacity, what you can handle. Steve Backlund says this all the time. We don't need joy at the end of the battle. We need joy in the middle of the battle. We need joy right now. Amen? Press into joy right now. You don't need joy when the battle's over and you're like, oh, now I can be joyful. How many know that's never how it works, by the way? You need joy now. Amen? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to quote some things from Diane's message because they were so good. I was getting excited and encouraged as I was listening to it. She said, joy is a weapon. This was from Diane's message. Joy is a weapon. She said, the joy of the Lord is the capacity for me to resist the attacks of the enemy, to stand in joy, not to stand in what the world is doing and saying. The joy of the Lord is the capacity to resist stress. And the joy of the Lord is the ability to deal with difficult situations. So good. Thank you, Diane. Fear not. Fear not, little flock, for it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He's not only just taking us out of fear, but he wants us to be kingdom carriers in this time. We have a great opportunity right now to carry such hope, such joy, such peace, such confidence in the face of whatever comes. Amen? The world is watching you right now. How are you responding as a Christian? I want to close with this scripture, 2 Timothy 1, 2. I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. It says, my beloved son, I pray for a greater release of God's grace, love, and total well-being to flow into your life from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. So stand to your feet with me this morning. I'm going to pray this verse over you. I want to encourage you, do not worry. And I want to pray this verse over you this morning. So close your eyes with me. <coughs> Father God, I just declare during this season, Father God, that you are destroying, eradicating every spirit of fear that's trying to come against your people. For God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's given you a spirit of power. He's given you a spirit of love. He's given you a spirit of soundness of mind. So I just declare that over you this morning. And I declare 2 Timothy 1-2 over you this morning. I declare during this season a greater release of God's grace. 
a greater release of grace, greater release of grace. What's grace? It's God's unmerited favor, but it's also an empowerment to do what you can't do. It's, also, it's an empowerment to stand in fearlessness when you feel like you can't. It's an empowerment to leave anxiety when you feel like that's difficult. I just pray for a greater release of God's grace, a greater release of God's love over you, which the Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. Greater release of God's love and a great release of total well-being over you right now, over your health, over your spiritual health, over your physical health, and over your mental health. I just pray a great release of, of spiritual well-being, a great release of, of health over your body, a great release of health over your mind. In Jesus' name, the, the strength, the grace to see how God sees things right now. The grace to have his perspective, the grace to step into confidence. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, again, thank you so much for being here this morning.